What's up, y'all? It's your boy Rodney Perry. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Rodney Perry, and we have just went live. That's right. The name of the show is Rodney Perry Live, and it is your boy Rodney Perry. We're getting in today, and today we're talking about common sense. We're trying to figure out, do people even have it anymore? And and you know what? I just got this, man. Jay-Z, Kanye West joint. It's watch the song, and, and this, this, this is a classic. This is Kanye's best Jay-Z's best in a while. The name of this song is Ham, y'all. It's Rocky Perry. We're going ham today. Wayne, 
uh, th- them boys go way too hard for me, man. I'm I'm 40 years old, about to be 41, and man, hanging out with them cats this weekend. Yeah, I tell you what, you ain't hung out till you hung out with somebody that don't have no common sense. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you see somebody drop, you know, two thousand dollars in the strip club, it's a great day, you know. And so we had we had a ball this weekend. The last laugh, my movie, the last laugh, screened at the uh, Peachtree Village International Film Festival this weekend. Uh, some great reviews. The movie did incredible. I see you, True View Radio, rolling. Thank you for popping into the chat today. And um, uh, we're talking about common sense, man. We're talking about do people even still have common sense? You know, there, there's a lot of people that that I just I don't believe even got it. They even got common sense. So with that, we're gonna also. We got we got to shout out you know the Rodney Perry schedule upcoming event. Uh, this has been an incredible year for me. Uh, some people would say, oh, I went to Malcolm Jamal's birthday party last night. Flat out incredible. This band, he had a live band that was rocking like a DJ. Uh, the guy that was running it by the name of Jukebox. Jukebox was flat out incredible. He sang every song. That's ever been made in the last 30 years. It was still off the chain. My guest, yes, I see you checking into the chat room. Appreciate you. My guest today is Taz Daddy. He's coming on any second. But before I get him on, i got to tell you what I'm doing. This weekend, Jazz and Jokes, Nashville, Tennessee. Now, we're doing something special in, in Nashville. I'm going to pay-per-view my show. So my live show is going out live to you. If you want to check it out over the Internet, check that out. Go to my Twitter feed. Hit my email. Hit my email, Rodney and Rodney Perry. If you want to log in, I'll send you the direct link. This is going to be crazy. This has not been done by anybody. No comedians are doing this. A lot of times I tell you all the time, if you haven't seen a comedian live, you haven't seen them. This is your opportunity to see Rodney Perry live. I think it's twelve ninety five. You can send the couple of your own home, hook your laptop up to your flat screen, and watch Rodney Perry bust Nashville in the face live. So it's going to be crazy off the chain. And uh, September 2nd, I'll be at the Wayne Dent Performing Arts Center. Headline that show, uh, Key Entertainment is bringing me through there, and it's going to be off the chain in Sanford, Florida. That's right outside of Orlando. Orlando, I was just there at the Orlando Improv. I'm coming back by popular demand. I'm excited about that. And it's going to be off the chain. And then I come to Philly. I come to Philly, the Philadelphia Lab House, uh, September 9th and 10th. My birthday is September 15th. So you know we're going to get it in in Philly, September 9th and 10th. It's going to be off the chain at the Philly Laugh House. I'm excited. I know you're excited. So let's let's just jump into the show today. The chat room is not, I mean, my, my switchboard is not showing me my callers, but I believe this is my man. Uh, uh, is, is this Taz? You're on the air. This is Rodney Perry. You're on the air. I can't see your number. You, you must didn't want to talk. Just hang on. Keep listening, man. Thank you for uh, tuning in today. Yo, this is Rodney Perry. You on the air. What's up, man? This time. Yes, sir. Beautiful, beautiful. My, my chat room is stripping. Let me give you a proper introduction before I get going. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on with a bona fide star star of radio, star of, of, of his own super-duper blog, and now... He's writing his own. He has written his own book. The name of the book is uh, "Common Sense Ain't Common." And and Taz, my first question off the bat is, what is common sense? 
Well, common sense, if you break down what it is, it's basically the good ju- the good judgment everybody's supposed to have. And okay. unfortunately, the more you live life and the older you get, the more you interact with people, you realize most people don't have it. You know, you, you, you get yourself in the situation and you're like, how in the world did I get here? I graduated number one from MIT. Yeah, but MIT <laughs> didn't prepare you for how to pay your light bill on time or at least call to make arrangements. And so you're sitting there in the dark with a candle like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. I went to my elite school. And so uh, I, I spend a lot of time, you know, dealing with not only my personal uh, lapses in judgment as far as not having common sense to different people throughout history who have uh, been heralded as great whatever they are for whatever their field is, but how their lack of common sense almost cost them everything. Man, people said some incredible stuff about you. Uh, uh, Aviola Abrams, author, TV, big mouth, and media personality says this about Taz Daddy's book. This is not your daddy's motivational book. Be drawn into his world, and you may learn a thing or two. With a fun and unique voice, all his own, Taz Daddy knows how to speak to his audience. How did Taz Daddy learn how to speak to his audience? Man? How did you learn this? Well, it's one of those things that's it's, it's, it's weird. I started, uh, I started in radio when I was about nine years old, and... I totally by accident, I called into a show. The next thing I know, they called my mother and said, we got to have this kid. So I always had that. When I was 13, I started uh, speaking and giving empowerment speeches. Uh, by the time I was uh, 15, I was doing a national TV show on Saturday mornings right before the Smurfs came on. Uh, and so all these things just began to happen. And then at 20, on a dare, I won a stand-up contest at uh, Temple University, and I started being the warm-up comedian at the Laugh House, where Rodney Perry will be playing this September, right before his birthday. Right, right, right. Oh, yes. So, um, you know, it, it's just a matter of I've always loved dealing with people, and I've always loved being able to express myself, and for whatever reason, people like to listen to what I have to say. I don't get it because I personally think I'm boring as piss, but, hey, <laughs> it's not about my opinion. Hey, <laughs> really hey, 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 if you are Kelly, piss could be pretty exciting. But look, let's, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, let's, hey, I, I'm not into it, but I understand, man. Go to showers, right. get lawsuits. Oh, oh, no. Okay, yes, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just go through the book, and I want you to give me some 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 life lessons, man. I think that's what we're giving people today. Anybody call into the chat, call in a number. The number is we get because we all with, we on with Taz. This is gonna be crazy today. Call in seven one eight three zero five six three eight three. Call in, holler at us, because we're dropping common sense. We're dropping jewels on people today. Now, Taz, man, first of all, you, you, you put this, this, this great piece of literature together. Let's speak to, before we get into the book itself, let's speak mm-hmm. to getting it done. You know, what, mm-hmm. one, of the things that, one of the things I'm most impressed about when I talk to an author or a filmmaker or, or somebody that does music is their ability to start and finish. Uh, how hard was it for you to start and finish, and was starting easier than finishing, or was finishing easier than starting? I know I asked you 12 questions. Go. Sorry, let's, let's deal with them one at a time. First of all, uh, for me, this was something I did not want to do. Um, and you, you, you know me personally, so you know what I've been through. I have had lost 
absolutely everything. I had a very high-profile, six-figure job, and I lost it, which in my line of work isn't anything uncommon, but I began to dwindle down my savings, and I didn't have anything, and then uh, my marriage had began to suffer, so I lost that. I lost the house, and all I had left was my Jeep. And to be in a situation where you have to tell people, and I mean, I'm exposing a lot to the world as far as what I went through, my lapses in judgment, bad things happening to me, even though I'm a relatively good person by most accounts. Uh, so what wound up happening was I finally had made it back to Philadelphia from Dallas, and I had gotten a TV deal. So I'm shooting this show. I'm doing principal uh, principal shoots. Everything's going well. Got a writer. Got makeup people. I'm like, wow, I'm about to be back. It's popping. I'm going to get this money. And then all of a sudden I heard a voice that was greater than myself said, go to the dollar store. And I'm like, what in the am I? Have I lost my mind? Maybe it's one too many nights in the Jeep. And so I wound up going to the dollar store and I picked up, uh, I picked up a, a composition book and a pack of pens. And I got back to the house. And at this point, I was staying in my brother's garage, which he converted into a toy room for my niece and nephew. So I'm surrounded by Powerpuff Girls, American Girl Doll, and Bicycles. Right. And I'm hearing this voice again telling me to write. And I'm like, well, what the hell am I supposed to write? And the voice said, I will guide your hand. And I began to sit around, and I, and I wrote, and I wrote about um, what it meant for me to go through this period, to go through um, partying on yachts with rappers and, and actresses, to having absolutely nobody know my name or my name, to deal with um, the the uh, how can I put it the pain of going from being on 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 magazine covers to working a security guard job. You know, to you know, having a twenty five hundred square foot house and living in the basement. I'm sure incredibly, incredibly humbling. Oh, oh, absolutely. I got a PhD in humility, real rap, and I think that that's what it is. When God has something for you, um, and you're so busy holding on to whatever it is, even though you could be holding on to hot coals, Rodney, with both hands, and even though you know good and well, and your in your logical mind that those coals are burning your hands, what what your Humanity does, and what your uh, your ego does, it says. At least I know these hot coals. At least I'm used to these hot coals. These hot coals mm. may not be the best things for me, but I'm going to hold on to them. And then after a while, God is going to come along when He's ready to have His way with you, because He feels like you've had enough. He'll remove all of the things that have been holding you back from freeing your hands up to give you what He wants you to have. And so it took me four months to actually write the book, and then I spent another six months just editing and making sure everything was fine-tuned, and then I began to tell my story. And most people didn't know because I, my pride, even in homelessness, Rodney, my pride was so crazy that I didn't want anybody to know I was going through because I'm Taz. You know, they used to call me Radio Tupac because I get fired, shot, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm back. You know, you, you're not going to hold me down. And this time, I didn't get up. I didn't recover. You know, Tupac got shot that last time, and he did not recover. Wow. You know, a lot well, of well, a lot well, of let, old let habits had to die. Let me give my audience a little bit of your background. Taz uh, is not only a, a, an author now, but a, an accomplished uh, radio personality, not only a radio personality, but also a producer, also uh, uh, 
a man that's taking his own destiny into his hands uh, in front of the camera, behind the camera. I mean, you're one of those guys that's really managed to do a lot in a short time. I mean, you're still a young man. Um, sure. The name of the book, Common Sense Ain't Common. Where did that come from? Well, it came from my mother. You know, my mother used to tell me all the time, she would say, baby, you got to understand common sense ain't common. It's just not a given. We wish it was, but everybody's not raised like you were, you were being raised. It's everybody's not raised like uh, like I was raised. Most people just don't have the good sense that God gave them. It's like they dropped it in the dumpster, and it always <laughs> stuck with me. And, see, Malcolm X used to say that uh, the most important teacher anyone could ever have, man or female, would be the mother because the mother is the child's first teacher, and that message will always stay with that child, and that's what that child will take into the world. And so when I got... Uh, when when the ego was removed and when all the excess was removed and all the nonsense was removed, I had to revert to what I knew, and what I knew were those lessons my mother gave me. And that's wow, a okay. lot of where the book came from. I, I love it, man. The name of the book is Common Sense Ain't Common. I'm on the line with the author of that book, my man Taz Daddy. Follow him on Twitter. That's at Taz Daddy, T-A-Z-Z-D-A-D-D-Y. Um, let, let's get into this book, man. Um, chapter one, common sense ain't common. You get into some some really interesting um, uh, 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 subplots into this book, sub levels. Fame and money can't buy common sense. Now, no. now we all know famous people. We all know people with money. You mean to tell me they ain't got it all together? <laughs> you know, it's the most obvious thing in the world, but no matter what, we put these people on the pedestal and we judge them as if they've actually, you know, found a way to regenerate flesh or something. Like they, they've all of a sudden solved the mystery of the oceans or or, or the universe. And, and the truth of the matter is, they just happen to be famous for whatever it is they're famous for. You know, it doesn't mean that the problems that they had before they were famous aren't still there. You know, they have to deal with them, and that comes from something other than fame, and it comes from something other than money, you know. Um, you so know, and so, I, and I so basically, basically, fame is fame, and, and, you know, whatever you become famous for is one thing, but just because you became famous don't mean you, you just automatically know how to manage money, say, for instance, or you no, don't automatically know how to manage your relationship, because if you were poor at those things before, then you'll probably continue to be poor at those things. Absolutely. In the book, I talk about a gentleman who wound up winning the lottery, and he was the single largest lottery winner in the world, uh, in the U.S. history at the time, and he wound up broke because he kept doing stupid uh, stuff like going to the strip club with $500 cash left in his truck. He couldn't believe somebody <laughs> broke into it. You know, he's still going to the dog track, and he flirted with a woman. That woman sued him for $2 million. And so wow. your your behavior has to change. How many times have we seen athletes still hanging out with their homeboys from the hood, and the next thing you know, they're getting uh, locked up for two years behind something that they really had no business doing. But sometimes you got to realize that there are people who are only in your life for a particular chapter. And once that chapter is over, you have to have the strength to turn the page. You know, because you're you're. Wait a minute! Wait a minute, Chad! Wait a minute, Chad! You telling me I can't still keep? I can't hang out in the hood? I can't oh, no. next I hang out in the hood. I hang out in the hood, but the thing of it is, the things I used to do in the hood, I don't do in the hood anymore. 
you know, because right. I can't afford to. And I mean, aside from aside from fame and notoriety or celebrity or whatever you want to consider people, Ronnie, at the end of the day, you're somebody's father. Yeah. You know, and then when and you know better than anybody, fatherhood makes you rethink everything. Everything you were such a supporter of, all of a sudden, it's like, ooh, I don't know if I want my kids seeing that. You know, right, that wow. comes from something other than your fame. That comes from something within you that says, I need to be a better example. Or, you know what, I'm at a certain level and people are looking at me. There are people who are famous who honestly, like when you did, when you were on the Monique show, when you and Mo were on every night, there were people in rural towns in the middle of America who have never seen black people in the flesh. Yeah. You know, and whether you wanted it or not, you're still representing black people for them. Like, just like in the 80s, when people who had never seen black people in the flesh looked at the Cosby's. Yeah. It's that same kind of responsibility. You don't want it, but it's there. So you either rise to it or you die by it. And that's what happens. I'll give you a great example. I'll give you a great example. I was in the United States Navy from 1990 to 1998. When I was in boot camp, and um, 1990, uh, uh, you know, you become fast friends with people. And uh, I was friends with this white guy from Iowa, and he shared with me one day we were talking. His mom was sending these great care packages. So we were all like, you know, and, and, you know, they would make you eat it that day, whatever it was. You had to knock it out. You couldn't have it sitting around. And uh, we were eating these these great uh, uh, brownies his mom was sending in. And he was like, Ronnie, i got to be honest with you, man. He said, you are the first black person that I've ever known in real life. He said, I've seen people on television, but you are the first reference point of a black person I've ever had. And and we, as we began to talk more and more, we realized that had I been whack, that would have tempered his view of every other black person he would have met from then on. And the same way with him, if, if, if he would have been whack, I'd have been like, you know, white people are whack because of this particular guy. Not because of a greater number, but because of that person. So that goes that speaks to to your point that, that we are affected by the individual sometime and not by the mass. So. Absolutely. And it, it just becomes more prevalent the older you get, the more you realize that things aren't as cut and dry as they once were. There isn't really good and there isn't really evil they're just shades of gray and people thinking that they're doing the best thing they possibly can in order to promote their agenda hey the name of the book is common sense ain't common i'm on with the author of that book my man taz daddy shout out to the people in the, in the uh, chat room listening in right now i see you see dog i see you uh talking with tracy g mo I see y'all. I seen uh, Compton came in a little earlier. Of course, True View Radio and all the rest of the people that are tuned in that are guests. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm talking with Cat Daddy. We're talking about common sense, the stuff that we used to have, the stuff we used to get from our mom and our pop, the stuff that we that, that we may or may not have anymore. Do we even still have common sense? Now you speak to ego in this book. What is ego? Ego is basically how you perceive yourself, the the image. Chris Rock refers to it as your representative. It's what you put forward uh, when you want somebody to think something of you. Even if you don't necessarily believe it yourself, it's something in you that says, well, I'm Rodney Perry. This can't be because I'm Rodney Perry. Not that you're that kind of person, but we all have a certain amount of ego. You know, in radio, right. when I used to teach uh, radio to kids in college, I would tell them, I said, you have to have a special kind of personality 
in order to do this because, honestly, you're in a room for four hours. There's nobody in there. You're talking to yourself, and you're saying, what I have to say is so important that millions of people are going to want to listen to it. You've got to have something in order to do that, and that's ego. That's ego. Right. So ego, ego can be a good thing. Ego can be a good thing, but just like anything else, I mean, my mother makes the world's best sweet potato pie, but I'm not going to sit around and eat the entire pie by myself. Uh, you know, too much of a good thing just ain't good. And we hey, overdose. Don't, don't eat the whole pie. Don't eat the whole pie. Write that down, ladies and gentlemen, because, you know, uh, uh, a lot of us, you know, everybody talk about all of the different sins that you can commit, but nobody talks about gluttony. You know, mm-hmm. I see all these all these church folks that don't do this, don't cuss, don't do that, but then they eat 18 pieces of chicken at the church that day. You're killing me. That's not common sense. We're talking common sense today. My man, Chad Daddy, wrote this incredible book. It's called Common Sense Ain't Common. And, you know, I think this book is important because it really, you know, it speaks to something that we all should possess and we don't necessarily do. So because of that, It'll give us a, a, a kind of a wake-up call. Uh, the limits we place on ourselves, chapter 3. Uh, what, tell me about some of the limits we put on ourselves, man. Well, here's the thing, and as a parent, I, I'm guilty of this myself. Uh, you begin to tell children the things that you expect them to do because we're so conditioned to deal with adults that we want children to be adults. And so what we begin to say is, oh, grow up. Oh, that's immature. Why are you doing that? You know, and sometimes we need to take a step back as human beings, not as children, not as an adults, not, not as men or women, but just as human beings, and say we have to learn to daydream. We have to learn to imagine. We have to get in touch with that thing that was so great about being a child. Even uh, even the Bible talks about the importance and the purity and the strength of living life like children do and how they view life. And the the one thing that I am so thankful for is that my mother allowed me to, to work on my imagination. Uh, I would go and take two cardboard boxes and a couple of, I'd take a broomstick and a mop stick, and I'd have a fort with gun turrets, the whole nine, and I'm over here blasting the bad guys like I'm G.I. Joe, you know. But it's that same imagination that allowed me to do stand-up successfully. It's the same imagination that allows uh, – that allowed Michael Jackson to create uh, create Thriller. It's it's imagination that comes from everything in the world. I don't care what it is. I don't care what your belief system is. Everything begins with a thought, and that thought has to be creative enough and unique enough that it can impact the world, and it happens over and over again. They told George Washington Carver he was nuts because he wanted to use the peanut for so much, and who don't like Skippy and Jeff? I'm just saying. Hey, 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 I hear you on that. Hey, so so uh, we talk about the limits we place on ourselves. You spoke to imagination. What are some of the stopping blocks to, to those thoughts, to that great energy? Well, here's, here's the thing. I have learned by, after having epic battles with some very, very powerful people that there is nobody more powerful at stopping you than the person you face every day in the mirror. 
You mm. are the reason you're not successful. You are now. the reason that you're not happy. You are the reason that you can't find that job that you want. It's you. It's nobody else. It's not the president. It's not the Congress. It's not the debt ceiling. It's not your mama. It's not uh, the Klan. It's you. Because you talk yourself out of winning before you even put your shoes on to run the race. And in the book I talk wow. about it. There's this there's this creature I, I, I imagine in my head. It's half Johnny Cochran and half Freddy Krueger. I call it the doubt monster. So when I decided that I was going to do stand-up, the doubt monster came to me and said, yeah, but, I mean, you're funny, like, in the cafeteria, but you're a college kid. What What life experience do you have? But, like, I make people laugh all the time. No, 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 dog. You're not making nobody laugh. It's just you. You, you won't get up there. You're going to bomb. What if some people don't like you? What if they throw eggs at you? What if you can't get paid doing this, you know? Or you'll you'll begin uh, to find that you'll start, your doubt monster will begin to work on your self-image. You're too short, Rodney Perry. Taz Daddy, you're too fat. Who the heck wants to listen to you about anything when, you know, you've got man boobs? That's what you do. You will find. Because the truth of the matter is, Rodney Perry, I know you, but I don't know you like Rodney Perry does. And your wow. mother doesn't know Rodney Perry like Rodney Perry does. So if you know something down to its very cells, right down to its building blocks, right down to its atoms, you know exactly what will tear it apart. And who can tear you apart better than you? Because you know where all the insecurities are. You know where all the weaknesses are. So you are so conditioned, not only by what you've learned, but by what you see others do. It's real easy to sit, sit back and say, you know what, I've seen 100 people try this before me, and they've all failed. What makes me so special? Right. That's what we do to right. ourselves, and we place those limits on ourselves. We can't. We got to stop this blame game when when the fault really lies with us first. Wow, man, it's such an awesome sentiment, man. I, I say this in my in my stage show. The the only power that a hater has is the power you give them. Like mm-hmm. it, a person can't hate on you on something that you aren't bothered about. You know what I mean? So it, it speaks to what you're saying in terms of. Uh, that energy comes from within, you know. How many times have you derailed your own vision? How many times you say, "Man, I'm gonna go to the gym," and you, your your inner self turn around and be like, "This is your fat ass guy," you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's uh it's that it's that that's, that's very real. So how do we conquer that, man? How do we how do we get beyond? How do we how do we take that that uh, doubt monster and slay him? First of all, you shut it off. You have to. We're so conditioned to, to to listening to it and backing down. You have to just totally ignore that part of the brain because also where the doubt monster lives, that's where your logic lives too. And logic is a, 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 a nice second cousin, a dressed up second cousin from pessimism. And <laughs> right. Because that's what people say. I'm just playing devil's advocate. You're playing devil's advocate. Last I checked, the devil wasn't any good. So why are you advocating for Basically, I'm going to tell you why you're going to lose, and I'm only doing it because I care. We do that to ourselves, and we allow our friends and our family members to do it. So what you have to do is you have to get to a place where you say, I'm going to do this no matter what. Now, there are certain limits. I, being a 300-pound man, know good and well that no matter how hard I try, given my current uh, situation, I'm not going to be a speedo model. I gave that dream up. But it doesn't mean that I can't do something else that is equally as, as fulfilling. 
We have to be honest with ourselves, but there's a difference between being honest with ourselves and destroying the possibility. Hey, hey, y'all heard the man. This is Rodney Perry. This is Rodney Perry Live, and I'm on with my man Taz Daddy, the author of the book, Common Sense Ain't Common. The chat room is going crazy. They are loving you today. Uh, they, they they cracking up at the man boo. Uh, Compton says haters are great. It means you're doing something. Uh, 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 talking talking shit with Tracy G. Moore says so racism doesn't exist. I think racism does exist, but how racism affects you uh, is up to you. You understand? And uh, so so you gotta uh, you gotta also you know just the fact that you don't let let things affect you the same way is not contingent on if that thing exists or not. You know, and, and that's, just, that's just what I believe. Go ahead. Let me, let me address that with two quick examples. The first is myself. I was born in a place called Middletown, Pennsylvania. And Middletown, Pennsylvania is where Three Mile Island is. It's a nuclear power plant town. It's based wow. uh, The Simpsons is based on Three Mile Island. A lot of people don't know that. They think it's based on actual Springfield. But it's based on Three Mile Island. And there was literally two black families in the entire city. And there was a kid. I'll just call him Todd, and I talk about this in my book. And the kid used to bully me, and he took my bike. And the reason he did it was he didn't like me because I was black. And I, I, I go into detail as to what happened and how I overcame that. But at the end of the day, your opinion of me is only true if I say it is. So if I answer to every time you say, mm-hmm, then I have become what you have put out there because I've accepted mm. it. I know that racism exists. You know, my mother and father both were in the civil rights movement. My parents were born in the 30s and 40s. I'm just out of my 20s, so they had me much later on in life. So I am a direct um, recipient of what they went through. So I understand, and I'm not negating racism. But at the end of the day, how many times do you know uh, people who are saying, oh, man, the white man's holding me back? For real? Mm. So that's the same white man that, that's, that's holding back the president. That's the same white man that's holding back Will Smith. That's the same white man that, that was holding back Michael Jackson. It's the same white man that's, uh, that was holding back uh, Charles Drew. It's the same white man that held back that slave, George Washington Carver, who gave you peanut butter and, and, and cooking oil and a whole bunch of other stuff. It was the same white man that held back uh, Louis Latimer for taking Edison's invention and making it last longer than three days. It's called the light bulb. You know, so there are examples. It's whether or not you choose, because I understand now why it's lonely at the top and why it's so crowded at the bottom. It's the same reason why there's so many people going to a Rodney Perry concert and only one Rodney Perry on the stage. That's a choice. Racism is going to be here as long as ignorance prevails and it's not going anywhere. So we're going to talk about how much racism exists or are we going to stay, you know what, to hell with racism, I'm going to do what I have to do. You know, because a white man didn't make me uh, live in my Jeep. I made some very bad choices that caused me to uh, to be homeless. And I made some very good choices that got my ass out of it. And last I looked, I didn't see any Klansmen. Hey, common sense ain't common. You listening to the man, a young man with the old school wisdom of the ages. I'm loving this man. The name of the book is Common Sense Ain't Common. You listen to my man, Taz Daddy. This is Rodney Perry Live. It's so off the chain. Now, the next chapter of your book speaks to one of my personal character flaws, 
And I think the most thing, the thing that we most have to identify individually is our shortcomings. If you know your shortcomings, then you can you can ask God for the for the the ability to to step beyond that shortcoming. And my shortcoming is procrastination. So hmm. what I ask God for at the beginning of this year and the beginning of last year, I say, fill my life with people that don't have that spirit. You know, fill my life with people that that are ready to get stuff done, and the people that tell me, you know, that hey, Rod. You, you said you wanted to do this today. Let's get it done. And, you know, and, and that person for me is Madeline Smith, who is my assistant. It is my, my younger brother, JT, uh, who is my role manager. They are the people that keep me from pro- procrastinating. So speak to procrastination and how that affects us on our journey. Here's the thing. My father, every time I would see him, I would speak to him, I would say, hey, good morning, Dad. How are you feeling? I feel great. I said, great. Well, why do you feel so great? He said, because God gave me another day. What I do to it, what I do with it, is up to me. And I always took that to mean that you can sit around and waste it, or you could really do something with it. And I'm a procrastinator too. I'm not gonna lie to you because it's like being an alcoholic. It's 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 one of those things that you know. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Sounds so good because it automatically gives you a pass. But what you're not realizing is you're giving something away. Procrastination is a drug, and we all like our fixes. You know, and you're not alone, man. I'm I'm a procrastinator. Uh, One of the greatest artists in the world, Leonardo da Vinci, procrastinator. This man had adult ADHD. They didn't have that term back then, but that's what he had. He couldn't finish anything. You know, and the only reason he finished things uh, was because he had patrons. And back in the day, and still to this day, most visual artists have someone sponsoring them so that they can be free to create. Well, The Last Supper, which is arguably one of the most iconic pictures uh, in the history of the world, that and the Mona Lisa, both done by Da Vinci. It took Da Vinci 20 years to do the Mona Lisa. And the only reason he finished The Last Supper was because the patrons said, I'm about to cut your money off. It's amazing what motivates you. Don't mess with a brother much. <laughs> Absolutely. He was like, oh, let me hurry up and paint this Jesus. Let me get this table just right. Oh, do I have enough bread down here? He began to paint the hell out of that painting. But you have to have right. that kind of back-against-the-wall mentality in everything that you want to accomplish. Otherwise, you won't get anything accomplished. What if you, God forbid, go out here today, you leave your job, you leave your home, and you get hit by a bus and die? What dies with you? Not just your spirit, not just your soul which moves on, but every last dream, every last book, every last song in your heart, every last idea, every last I love you you didn't give to someone who really needed it dies with you because you said, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll call it tomorrow, I'll write it tomorrow, I'll sing it tomorrow. And that is a wasted life. Every day you choose to procrastinate, you're wasting a day of your life that somebody else didn't wake up to get. And once you look at it like that, you'll stop procrastinating as much. I'm not saying you won't take a hit of procrastination like I'll do it in an hour. I'm just saying that you won't make it such a habit where it overrules what you're trying to accomplish. Hey, y'all listen to my man Taz Daddy. The name of the book is Common Sense Ain't Common. The chat room is going crazy. Avis Jackson just checked in. What's up, Avis? You know, Avis and I go back many, many moons to Carroll High School. And uh, we talk about common sense today, man. In your book, you, 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 uh, you cite specific individuals, uh, people like Chris Brown, 
and his his uh, lack of common sense and uh, mm-hmm. really kind of the height of his career. Uh, tell me about well, well let, let me read this and then let me read this excerpt from the book. Good judgment and sense are not one-time affairs, nor are they automatic responses. You don't constantly maintain your body temperature. You do not have to think about making your heart beat. It just happens. Not true for common sense. So common sense is something that you have to you have to really give some thought to. Absolutely. I mean, it's not like um, I'm going to blink now. You just blink. But you have to look at every situation as an opportunity to exercise common sense. My mother used to tell me that common sense is like a muscle. And, you know, when you hit the gym, after a while you keep working that muscle and working that muscle, your strength gets better. Your ability to lift more gets better. Your ability to do more uh, gets better. The way you're breathing uh, uh, is affected by uh, your exercise regimen. It's the same thing with common sense. But we have conditioned ourselves to allow everything and everyone to think for us, and I'll prove it. When I was a kid, there was no such thing as the Internet. There was no such thing as caller ID. The only people who had cell phones were doctors, and they kept them in bags and left them in their car. They were called car phones. And so I could still know when my mother called because at 4.15, my mother was going to call me to make sure I brought my ass home from school. You know, at 6.30, my dad was going to call to find out how my day went, even if he was off um, doing his law enforcement thing. I knew that at 8.30, my brother was going to call to say, hey, I'm at the bus stop. Can you pick me up from basketball practice? I knew this because I had common sense, and these things had happened over and over and over again. And Einstein says insanity is doing the same thing the same way and expecting different results. And that's what we do. We say, oh, this is this will be different this time. No, it's going to be the same thing. If it got to a negative result before, it's going to get you a negative result again. You have to use that good judgment each and every time. Otherwise, you'll be inept. Your common sense muscle wow. will be flaccid. Wow, man, well said. Y'all listen to my man Taz Daddy. The name of the book, the name of the book is Common Sense Ain't Common. What's the website, Taz, where people can get the book? You can get the book at Amazon.com and just type in Taz Daddy, T-A-Z-Z, and then Daddy, D-A-D-D-Y, the two separate words, first name, last name, and it'll pop up. And right now it's available for Kindle uh, for $8.49, and even if I did write it, I would tell you um, it's a really good read. It's something that if you already have common sense, this will take your common sense to an entirely new level. I'm like steroids, baby. I just make you stronger, you know, without all the weird side effects. But if you don't have common sense or if you know someone who is lacking common sense, this is a must-have book. I have um, I've done a great many things in my life. I've sent a bunch of records for being young, and I am here to tell you that this is the greatest thing I've ever done in my entire existence, aside from uh, my kid being born. Wow. Other than wow. that, awesome, greatest man. I've ever done in my life. Hey, the chat room is loving you. The chat room is loving you. Uh, a couple of things. A comedian Sea Dog says time is probably the most valuable thing that we have. What do you think about that statement? I think that's an interesting statement, Sea Dog. Well, here's the thing. You know, they say that that land uh, is our most finite resource, but yet and still houses are being bought and sold even in a down economy. You know, there's always a golf course being put up or a hotel or a skyscraper or a stadium. 
So land isn't our problem. We got more land than we know what to do with. They say there's a water shortage, but there's plenty of technology to take the 800 billion billion gallons of water and turn it into drinking water. The one thing that you'll never get back is time. So whatever you do with it, that's what you get from it. You're not going to get any more. You get a certain amount of time. You can't hold on to it. You can't, uh, you can't regenerate it, but you can give it away. And that's what we do. We give it away. We shortchange ourselves. We don't make the most of our time because we think we have all the time in the world. And as somebody who has lost a father and as somebody who uh, has wasted a good part of his life doing things that uh, I thought were good for me because they felt good to me, I'm here to tell you that I would give anything to have 33-year-old me speak to 23-year-old me. And I'm going to speak so that I actually would listen. Not that I regret anything because all of my mistakes have brought me to this point. All of my mistakes brought me to you. But, hey, hey, hey you, we got to talk about this before we get off the I air. knew it was coming. How, I knew it was coming. How did, how did we connect? How did we connect? <laughs> we connected on Twitter because I don't know what it, you said something, and I just said, you know what, I'm going in. I don't remember what well, it was. This is the thing. I'm somebody, you got to stop. This is the thing. Daddy will go in on you, first of all, and it will be, it will be painful. It will hurt. You will cry a little bit. And uh, for everybody, that people inquire on your Twitter, Taz Daddy is at Taz Daddy, T-A-Z-Z-D-A-D-D-Y. His website is TazDaddy.com. And uh, you know him from uh, WDAS 105.3 FM or Power 99 FM. Uh, this guy is one of those guys, man, on their personality. does it all. Clear Channel Radio right there in uh, Philly. Uh, he's one of those guys. So we connected via Twitter. And Taz went in on <laughs> I did. I actually did. I actually did. And the thing the thing of it was at that point I was just I was so sick of I was just anti B E T at the time. And okay. for for great for a great many reasons. Um the the one thing that really helped me propel myself back to some kind of normalcy was an article I wrote that wound up in the LA Times called The Top Ten Reasons the B E T Awards Made Me Wanna Vomit. So anything B E T related I was like the hell with you. You know, right. and so here you go. You got Monique going, yes, baby. And you standing there smiling with a bow tie. I'm like, oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> hell no. I'm, I'm, somebody got to say something. And then, right. you know, we had probably one of the most epic Twitter battles I think any two comedians have ever had in the history oh, of the yeah. format. You know, and but, I had but, nothing. I, like you said, go ahead, go ahead. I had nothing but respect for that man after that. You know, it, it was brutal. It, some of Rodney Perry's kids jumped into this party. <laughs> hey, but, but you know, you know what? It, it, it really made me respect the medium and uh, what Twitter is. It allows people to connect, and it gave us opportunity not only to for me to hear your side, but for you to hear my side. And then for us to kind of go, you know what, you got a point. And for me to go, you know what, I, you know what, that he got a point right there. But but we became friends after that. It was like two heavyweight fighters, you know, after Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed get through, they go and have a drink afterwards. So that that's what I think it was, man. It it, it was awesome. And now to 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 have been immortalized 
you know, in part of your book is is so uh, it's I'm, I'm I'm floored by you even asking me, you know, to write a blurb for your book. I, I love what it stands for. Common sense ain't common. It's my man Taz Daddy. His Twitter is at Taz Daddy, and um, I mean you're doing something special with this book too. For people that purchase your book, they go on Amazon to purchase your book. You're doing a, a giveaway of some sort. Absolutely. I feel like there were so many people who who helped me to come back. You being at the top of that list, that it wouldn't make sense for me to just say, "Hey, go buy my book." I want people to be able to go out here. Uh, equipped and empowered by more than just my book. And so I've enlisted some of the best uh, life coaches and some of the best authors I knew to give up their time and create something specifically for the the people who go out and buy this book on Amazon.com. And so you've got Linus, who's written several books about online dating uh, via social media, i.e. Twitter and MySpace and Facebook. And he talks about how he was once a shy, awkward kid, and so he created an audio book called From Shy to Fly. You've got uh, Jim Hernandez, who is a guy who was once a paralegal who said, I've got a dream to be an empowerment speaker and a life coach. And he walked away, literally got up from his office cubicle and walked out the door and never looked back. And now he's one of the best uh, youth and motivational speakers and life coaches you'll ever want to come in contact. He's given people a $300 um, life coaching session uh, for the first 20 people who uh, who bought a book today? Uh, there is uh, Harold Reed Jr., who was a police officer who also walked away from his situation and stepped into something that he felt he could control. And he's the father of an autistic child, and he has a, a newborn baby, and he's got uh, a wonderful wife. And he talks about all of those experiences. And so he's done an hour audio book. And then I have, as a businessman, not just as a comedian or a broadcaster, but I talk about. Uh, different seminars that I've done. So I'm giving you five of my one-half-hour seminars. There's one on um, how to make a million um, in this economy. There's one about um, becoming a superstar on Twitter. There's one about how to make money off of YouTube, how to get YouTube to pay you uh, to make videos, how to choose the people around you strategically in order to Build Your Empire. And my favorite one out of all of them is the one I call The Truth About Networking because everything we've been taught about networking is a lie, and I give all of that away. Uh, for people who purchase the book today, you just go to Amazon.com and type in Taz Daddy, T-A-Z-Z, and then capital D-A-D-D-Y, two separate words, and you order the book, then you email me the uh, confirmation number, and I send you all this stuff. And there's a gang of stuff I didn't even have time to tell you because, you know, this, this is a short show, so we don't have a lot of time, but it's well worth it. And I guarantee you that your life will be forever impacted after you, reach, after you read this book and after you receive these gifts. Man, uh, so, so awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming on today. I got a couple of calls waiting to get in. Let me see. Now, caller, I cannot see your number today. I usually can call out your number. I cannot see it. So if you hear us on the line, I'm, I'm coming to you. The first caller is up. Uh, it's Rocky Perry. You're on the line, caller. Just say Hello? something if you, if you. Yes, who am I talking to? Hi, this is Ms. Paula on your Facebook. How you doing? What's up, Paula? Thank you for calling in. This is Rodney Perry, Rodney Perry Live, and you are on with my man Taz as the author of Common Sense Ain't Common. Yeah, 
Okay, Daddy, I love um, what you're saying about your book. It's awesome. And uh, Rodney Perry, I love your show. You all keep uh, doing great things, and you keep inspiring people, and you have really inspired me more and more. And I love you all. Just feel the great word. Hey, thank, thank you so much for the thank you so much for the call. You sound fine too. You ain't you ain't funny looking, is you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that did your review. I did a review on your show, remember? And you oh, called, yes. you messaged me. I'm right here in the ATL, and I'm the one you had me to do the Beyonce that time when me and my mom, wow. I mean me and my husband, was sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you came to the show live. Let me tell y'all something. This lady came to the Timoni show and sat in the audience and did the Beyonce, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And the place went crazy, you know. Uh, so, and and, uh, and thank you so much, Paula. She did a review of my show, the show I did with Sherry Shepard. I, I sat on, I listened to it. Your show is also incredible. I love this forum. Blog Talk allows people to, to kind of take their own uh, existence into, you know, and just do, if you want to do radio, do it. You know, you yes. know, you may not be on terrestrial radio, but you can also have an audience and do your own show. So thank you for the call, Paul. I got one more call on the line. Uh, thank you. I and really I also want you, too. I want to interview you on my show, too. Consider it done, babe. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Chad, we got one more call. Call you on the line. It's Rodney Perry. It's live. Hey, hey, what's up, Ronnie? It's Big Meech. Big Meech, Larry Hoover, what's up, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 Big Meech, I got to bring you on right. Meech is also a a blog talk uh, enthusiast, and he also has a a new book out. Am I right, Meech? Yeah, that's true, Awakenings, Epiphanies Along the Spiritual Journey. That's true. Uh, But thank you for that shout-out, Big. But I wanted to uh, get with the brother, Mr. Taz, daddy. Uh, and here's, I don't know if you covered this in the book, because I, I, I came into the show late, but I, mm-hmm. mi- I heard you mention that you are a brother of size. And mm-hmm. my question is, as a man of size, with, this, with, with our images and things being uh, very, very limited in the with your book uh, being common sense is, is no common, how is it that you bring That we too have to uh, uh, we, we embrace lost, those particular tools that you've just mentioned in the book. We, 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 we lost you a little bit. Yeah, I couldn't hear the question. We lost you a little bit. Uh, Meech, give me, give me a quick, quick, quick question. What are you asking? How do you, as a man of size, you and a comedian, how do you embrace the images of the man of size along with the messages that you give in your book about common sense not having common sense? Well, here's the thing. You know, my size is more due to genetics than my love of cheesesteaks. I'm a Philadelphian. Uh, so, you know, I can't I can't run from it. But, you know, I'll I tell you what I did. Um, you know, the first, the, the smartest thing, when, when you tell God you want to do something and God says, okay, I believe you, you want to do it, okay, watch how I work. Uh, I'm engaged to a personal trainer. <laughs> so 38 pounds later, I'm um, – I'm I'm doing really well, and I've adjusted some things. But I don't run from the fact that I'm large. When people criticize me, the first thing out of their mouth is usually, oh, he's fat, and then they don't have anything else to say because I usually do my best to eliminate 
any other negative things that you would have to say. And I don't really live my life based upon what other people think of me. I live my life on how I feel about myself. And for me, sometimes that requires that I sit in a room and cry because there are certain things that I'm still working on. There are certain things that I'm still not happy with. And so I do my best to, to deal with those things and bring them to the forefront. You know, as a black man, in my culture, it's uh, it's taboo to go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist or even a regular counselor because you don't want to be deemed crazy. So you should go to church and, and let and let the preacher, you know, counsel you. Well, if your preacher is Eddie Long, do you really want to be ca- – I'm just I'm, – I'm just – I'm teasing. But <laughs> seriously, though, like we need, to, we need to realize that there's something to be said for mental health. It's important. And – Everything starts within the mind. So for me, you know, I, uh, I've i always been one to, to, to seek counsel. I've always been one to make sure that I did everything in my power to be better. But, um, I've always going to be a, I'm always going to be a big guy. My my whole family's big. It is what it is. But I don't run from that and I don't look at it as a character flaw. Do you look at a person who is in a wheelchair as a as a character flaw or is it oh, he's in a wheelchair or someone who has a lazy eye. It didn't ask for lazy eye. It just happened. You know, you don't know which one of them's talking to you, you know, but you just know what you got to do. You know, and that's how I look at it. As a brother size, I'm happy to represent the brothers and I do so in a way that isn't very Sherman Clumpish, isn't very Baby Huey. You know, I am who I am, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a fat brother. I'm a brother who happens to be fat. Hey, you heard the man. The name of the book is Common Sense Ain't Common. This is Rodney Perry Live. It's been an incredible show today. Like like Ted said, it, it's quick. We come in, we get it. And, man, when I tell you, I know you've inspired some folks today, man. Uh, shout out to the chat room. Momo B is checked in. True Radio checked in. Uh, uh, talking Kit with Tracy G. Moore checked in. Avis Jackson, uh, Compton, and not to mention the other uh, people that checked in that I can't see their their names, their handles. Thank you all for tuning in today. Please go out and purchase this young man's book, man. Taz Daddy is, is, is a um, a visionary. Uh, he, he's dropped so many uh, uh, so much sage wisdom on us today. And uh, I'm impressed. The book is Common Sense Ain't Common. You can pick it up on Amazon. Uh, your website is TazDaddy.com. He, oh, he's on Twitter, at TazDaddy. Um, he's doing an excellent job at branding himself. And, you know, Taz, uh, you know, in closing, I like to close out with this, man. I think uh, with this particular book, you've accomplished so many things. Uh, you're allowing people to develop common sense. You're allowing people to to show that their limits uh, aren't really their limits. You're showing people that they can reach their vision. You're showing people that accidents don't happen. They are caused. Man, you just touched so many, so many, so many powerful, powerful points in this book. I thank you for coming on with me. Any final words, 30 seconds or less. All right. Uh, first of all, thank you for believing in me when very few people would you know, especially given the way that we met. Secondly, I want everybody to please 
check out the book. Go to Amazon.com and order the book, and then email me, PazDaddy77 at gmail.com with that confirmation number, and I'm going to hit you off with over $3,000 worth of things that will empower and impact your life. It's a blessing to be able to be a blessing to others after I've been through so much, and thank God I have suffered the way that I did suffer because now you can see by my example what God can do with someone who's willing to be humble and willing to listen to him. Wow. Hey, hey, enough said, man. That's our show for today. My name is Rodney Perry. This is Rodney Perry Live. You've been listening to my man, Tyler Daddy, also, you understand, extraordinaire. The name of the book is Common Sense Ain't Common. Go get it. It's on Amazon right now. That's our show for today. Y'all stay blessed. I'll continue to stay blessed. And uh, I love y'all, man. It's Rodney Perry. We out. Ugh.